In California, there's a recall taking place. The petitions in, they got the signatures, and Gavin Newsom has got his head on the block. The Democrat, the liberal, the former mayor of San Francisco, it's possible he's going to lose his gig. His policies during COVID, his hypocrisy during COVID, never mind other policies regarding illegal immigrants and taxation. Leading Californians to do what Californians do, recall elections. This last happened with Gray Davis, who replaced him, a guy by the name of Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was a terrible governor, by the way. I mean, he was just absolutely awful. But it shows that Californians, when the moment comes, they aren't afraid to make a change. The question is, what change can be made and what does it say for us across the country regarding either the midterms or the 2024 elections. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Kira Davis joins us right now of redstate.com, where I will soon be a contributor. My videos will be there twice a week. You can go to redstate.com, join the VIP, and use the promo code Katz, K-A-T-Z, and get your discount. But you can read Kira any single day of the week, Real Kira Davis on Twitter. She also fills in for me here from time to time, and she has been one of the leaders in moving this recall election down the line. Let's start from the basics. What is the real message of this recall? What is it that Gavin Newsom did specifically that had Californians saying, yeah, we're done here? Hey, Tony. Yeah, thanks. Well, last year, you were one of the few people that actually had me on to talk about this freelance bill, AB5, which killed the gig economy and is now trying to be snuck into the budget reconciliation um, at the national level. And so that was the start of this mass displeasure with Gavin Newsom. And that's when really our Democrat colleagues here in the state kind of got on board with the idea of we need to get rid of this guy because now a million jobs have been just decimated by making freelancing illegal. And so uh, we that started it. But really the catalyst, and I think everyone knows this by now, was his appearance at the French Laundry last year, right after Thanksgiving or right before Thanksgiving, while he was in the midst of telling the rest of California, stay home. If you leave your home, you're a murderer. Uh, if you don't wear a mask, you're a murderer. We, we're, I'm going to have to keep this state locked down for a long time if you guys don't get in line. And then he shows up at a $20,000 plate dinner with a bunch of with 20 or 30 lobbyists at one of the only restaurants that he allowed to stay open in California. So that was that. That was, I mean, that was the day where I walked out of my house and I saw neighbors who aren't particularly politically inclined come up to me and say, you know what? I just Googled where to find my, my local recall petition and I got my kids in the car and I drove over there and I signed it because I've had enough. And a lot of people said, Tony, that we couldn't do it because people like to make fun of us here on the left coast. Oh, the Democrats are just going to win anyway. You, you can't do it. And we did it. And now there's a lot of people who are saying we're not going to win this recall. We're not going to recall him. But you know what? People said we weren't going to get that recall on the ballot, and we did. So I think that, that this, is, this is really, Tony, about a year where people have lost everything and having to watch their governor just pretend that he doesn't care and that, and that he doesn't even see you and he lives his life as normal while Californians are literally trying to figure out how they're going to educate their kids, 
how they're going to put food on their tables, how they're going to pay the debts that they've incurred over the last year while their businesses have been shuttered because they don't have lobbyists on in Sacramento. They don't have those people. That's what this is about. What's people interesting. in California have had enough. What's interesting in, in, in the description, and, and, and you have been early on this, and you, you've always been passionate about it, it's interesting to see Californians, really anybody, move in a, in, a, in a way that is all emotion and not a specific policy prescription that they feel damages them. Don't get me wrong. AB5 is damaging, and that's what we see uh, in, for example, the PRO Act, which they want to push on the federal level, and we should all be uh, uh, opposed to. You're, you're sharing it as a, really, a, how dare you treat me like that when you're yes. doing that? I've had enough. That's interesting that it would so connect on, on a visceral level with people on every side of the aisle because no matter how much Gavin Newsom talks about how this is a Republican plot against him, the numbers show that there are plenty of Democrats and progressives who have had enough as well. Oh, yeah. I think it was up to something like 33% or 35% of the recall signatures were from Democrats. And you hit the nail on the head, Tony. This is very emotional. In fact, I was talking with a, a Republican strategist here in the state the other day, and we were saying, you know, this is, Republicans like to say, as led by the great and very intelligent Ben Shapiro, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. But I don't know if you've noticed, but feelings don't care about facts either. And in a state like California, they really don't. So it's important that Republicans get in on this, this emotional response to this governor, because that's going to be a winner. Because at the end of the day, what people in this state respond to is is emotion. This is a creative state. It's full of creative people. And it's just the way it is. And when people feel like they are being treated unjustly to the point where they can't even justify their own politicians anymore, then you've got to pounce on that. Republicans pounce, you know, you've got to pounce on that. You've got to you got to take advantage of that. You're absolutely right. This is a very emotional time. And and people in California have every right to be emotional. Their kids haven't been in school for a year. This governor's been playing games with us. He still holds his emergency powers. He's putting kids in masks when they return to school next month. And you know how hot it gets here, Tony. And we ha- our schools in Southern California are largely outdoor schools. So, uh, you know, open-air schools, I should say. And PE classes in September... I mean, it's just ridiculous. There's no reason for it, that, but the governor has some kind of deal with the teachers' union, and the rest of us get left out of it. So people are sick of it. They're sick. Talking to Kira Davis of Red State, redstate.com. So we have this election coming up. I believe it comes up in September, right? Yes, yeah, September 14th. So now we got to take a look at who's on the ballot. And it's very interesting. Somebody we, we both know, Larry Elder, a radio host, uh, mm-hmm. uh, no, known as the sage of, uh, of, uh, of South Central, uh, getting into this race, black Republican, one of many getting into this race. Who are the big, uh, the, who's got the lead on the Republican side? Because we know Caitlyn Jenner's in this, a series of others. Yeah. Who, who are the top three contenders right now? Well, we do have Caitlyn Jenner, of course. That's a, that's, it, here, here's the thing, folks. It's really largely going to come down to name recognition. That's how we got our own Schwarzenegger that time. And so that's why it's really exciting that Larry Elder got in this race, because he's a big name among conservative 
uh, voters. And I'm, I'm really excited. I love Larry, just like everybody does. Um, Caitlyn Jenner was a, a name, not necessarily a, a great political personality, but a name. So those would be the top two. And then close in third is the person I'm supporting personally, and that's uh, an assemblyman from the 6th District, Kevin Kiley, who is has been known as kind of, he's gained this reputation in the last year of being California's assemblyman because he's been the lone voice on the floor. He's brought to, to bring repeal bills for this AB5 bill. I mean, I think he's up to three now. He's the guy, he's the reason we can go to church. He, he sued when the governor was closing churches and keeping strip clubs and casinos open. He sued uh, to on a constitutional basis and won that for us. He's continuing a lawsuit to force the governor to release his emergency powers. So it's kind of one of those guys that's like not a lot of name recognition, but he's really popular among Democrat voters as well. He's a Republican. But because of his fight uh, for our civil rights during this last year. So I would say right now that it is it is a battle of these top three people for name recognition. And then you've got a couple of other old timers. You've got Kevin Falconer, who was the mayor of San Diego, and he's kind of the GOP establishment candidate. And then you have John Cox, who ran uh, who I think this is his second time running for governor here. I think he may have run in the Midwest somewhere as well. And he's a wealthy businessman who is very instrumental in funding the recall effort. And so he definitely deserves props for that. I think Cox and Falconer, their star is starting to fall a little bit because they're business as usual. Then you got guys like Larry Elder and Kevin Kiley who are kind of like shaking it up. So I, I guess know. the it's question is why it's too soon we, we don't have any polls yet to, to tell. How could Republicans not just gather around one candidate and say, this is the guy, this is who can win, everybody step out, that's it. Why go through this fight? Well, that's a good, I'm glad you asked that question. It's a great question. First of all, they don't need to. It's important that everybody knows that the recall election is is two questions. The first question is, will you vote, do you vote to recall Governor Newsom from his position as governor of California. Yes or no? You want to vote yes on that. We all want to vote yes on that. So that's it. If if the majority is yes, then he's gone. That's it. He's not running against anybody. He's running against himself. If the majority of voters say, yes, we want to recall him, then he's gone. Then we go to question number two, which says, well, if you vote to fire this guy, then of these candidates, which would you prefer to replace him? And then you can pick from that list of candidates. It would be nice to coalesce around one candidate, but you and I have been in politics long enough to know how that works and people get split and people have different ideas of who would be good and who would be right. But at the end of the day, we're, we're kind of lucky in this election because we don't need to be fighting each other over who to support. All we need to do is support that first question, get rid of Newsom, and then we can focus on who may be the best governor. And frankly, Tony, at this point, I think that the message we would send to the National Democrat Party uh, uh, by getting rid of Newsom now is probably more powerful than whoever we would and elect. this is him. the follow-up question. You know, there's the question of what happens if Newsom survives, but then there's the conversation of if he doesn't, do we think that this is a bellwether conversation? This, this is a, a, a California family fight is what we're seeing here, but you're, you're making the argument that there's a message that gets sent to the Democratic Party writ large. So what do you think that message is? 
the message is, is that the American people are not convinced of your mandate. And I think we're seeing that at all, at all levels, Tony, across the country right now. I mean, if you look at what we're seeing coming out of the White House, Jen Psaki standing at the at the White House press briefings, telling us that Republicans are the ones that want to defund police. They're switching the narrative because they're polling right now. Everything coming out of the White House is straight trash. And the American people aren't buying it anymore because the American people are actually living through the consequences. And they're saying, oh, hey, I'm glad we got rid of Trump. But also, I live in a border state and and it's open like a sieve. You know, people, regardless of party, are feeling the consequences of this inflation, are feeling the consequences of not having enough employees at their work. And the Democrats, see, they want Gab, they're importing California to the rest of the country, and they want Gavin in D.C. eventually. Gavin has designs on being president. So we get rid of his, him here, and this tells the rest of the country that, well, dang, if even the people of California won't <laughs> tolerate this stuff, then what does that mean for the rest of the population? So this is a local election with huge national implications. Kira Davis, uh, before I, I let you go, are we placing a bet? Are we placing a bet on the odds that Californians will replace Gavin Newsom? Sure, let's do it. Is it I mean, I'm saying, are the odds 50-50 or are they higher than that? <laughs> I would say right now, I would say right now, 60-40 in favor of recall. Really? Yeah. You, th- think, you think there's really enough people... There, there are enough people in Los Remember, we've all been through. I mean, you and I both lived there. I lived there. You still live there. We've been through California elections. We know that yeah. once you get out of Los Angeles County and then uh, in, in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, uh, it's, a, it's a conservative state uh, throughout the Inland Empire and, and other places. But there are enough people in L.A. County and, 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 and near, in San Francisco and, and Silicon Valley that are upset with Gavin Newsom to pull the trigger to see him go? That's a two-part question. I don't know the statistics. I, my feeling, we're talking about facts and feelings. My feeling is yes, because that AB5 thing really launched a lot of Democrats into uh, a hysterical state regarding Newsom. But the other thing is this. Um, it might not matter because in recall elections, Democrats typically don't come out and people are depressed in the state. And what might happen is people might not really want to see a Republican governor, but they just are, we're banking on a lot of people just throwing up their hands and saying, I'm not even going to bother going to the polls because I'm completely uninspired by anybody. And Republicans typically do get out in recall elections and special elections. In California, this I do know, special elections typically swing the way of Republican candidates because uh, Democrat voters just don't come out. They're not energized by it. They don't pay attention to the news the way that we do, yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, I do think that there is a chance that this recall could be successful if for no other reason than a lot of Democrat voters just aren't keen to go out to the polls in the first place. Kira Davis, Real Kira Davis, K-I-R-A, Real Kira Davis on Twitter. RedState.com is where you find her. And starting next week, where you find my new video series, RedState.com. You can use promo code CATS, K-A-T-Z, and you'll get a discount on being a VIP. Kira, always a pleasure. I've got more. I'm Tony Katz.